0: The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and drive. The champ is here. I must be the champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not lose.
1: Oh boy, let's get it, man. We're gonna jump right into it. So welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. Uh, my name is EJ, and I got my man. mate. Yeah, we're here, Black in Sports. We're giving a voice to the culture. We won't shut up and dribble, all right? We're interviewing the best in the game, on the court, and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing at it all, while giving the platform, okay, for the people. So, we're going to jump right in. Without further ado, a special guest in the house tonight, boss lady, OG of the WNBA, all right? International player with a passport, you know what I mean? She's been everywhere. Um, you know, definitely black girls rock. The queen of our aces and the mother, and now Las Vegas local, Ms. Rucha Brown. Give it up.
2: Yay. Just call me RB since oh. y'all got the two oh, the want, initials. Oh. I'll be RB. RB? Okay. RB's in the house. I'm with
1: it. All right. So we like to dive right into it, okay? So give us a shoot your shot moment, all right? This is a time that you just went for it. It could have been on the court. It could have been in school. It could have been in life. It could have been with the brothers is chasing you left and right. Just a shoot your shot moment. Go.
2: You know, I think the biggest shoot-my-shot moment was when I tried out for the WNBA. I was not drafted. Okay. I was not invited to camp as a free agent, but I wanted to be a part of the league. And in the first year, they allowed for each franchise to have open tryouts.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So
2: I went into a gym of 200 women and got me a spot. Oh, okay. I definitely shot my shot. 200 women. 200 women competing for two spots. Wow.
1: That's amazing. I got one. Wow. And that's why we call her OG, like the inaugural season. Like, the
2: 97 season. Yo,
1: yes. I'm here. Watch that's, me shine. That's a, that's a, that's a pioneer.
2: You that's what a pioneer? they call it, right? Yeah, that's an icon. icon. When you are a part of the beginning of something, yeah, icon. Yeah, that's a pioneer.
1: <laughs> there it is. So what would you say was your first love or how would you fall in love with sports?
2: You know, funny enough, ironically, I was not into sports. My father was a basketball fan. I used to watch the games with him, but I had zero interest in playing. I Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to mess up my hair, (laughs) my nails. But when I was a freshman in high school, I lost my father to cancer. Absolutely. And I started getting into a lot of trouble and just misbehaving, being a problem child. And... My family was trying to find something for me to do that okay. would keep me out of trouble. So I started playing sports. You know, they had been chasing me forever to play, but play, I never right. wanted to. But then that was also a way for me to connect with my father. So once Absolutely. I started playing, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process of my working out, getting better, having the results, repeat, work out, get better, have results, repeat. So it just ended up being a lifestyle yeah. for me. So I,
1: I, go ahead. Go ahead. I just But that gave you the connection to your pops, right? Mm-hmm. Hit Them loving basketball Absolutely. and everything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Go ahead. So
3: um, I, I saw that you picked up a basketball sophomore year, mm-hmm. and then by the time you graduated, you were the, the you know, all awards, had all the awards and, and, and getting recruited by the top uh, universities around the country. So just talk to me about that process from picking up a ball sophomore year to when you graduate in high school. Being the queen, being that person.
2: You know, it was funny because I realized that once I started playing, if I wanted to go to college, because my mother is now a single mother, I have two siblings, Mm -hmm. and financially, I wouldn't be able to go to college if I didn't figure out a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. And so sports, Mm -hmm. you know, was was my portal. I was like, okay, so I can start playing. I'm staying out of trouble. I was always good in school. Uh But just finding a way to put myself in a position to get a scholarship is what I was really looking for. Yeah. So I just worked out, got better, and I'm super competitive. Even though I wasn't an athlete, everything else, I was always competitive. So once okay. I started that playing, yeah. that's, you know, it was over. It was an added component. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you already had that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you
3: were born in the Bronx.
2: I was born in the Bronx. When, okay. did you, when did you guys move over to
3: South Carolina? We
2: moved to South Carolina right before I turned four. Okay. Oh, wow. so, so, South Carolina, so South Carolina, where was South is Carolina's that? home. Okay. I tell people I was born in the Bronx, but I claim South Carolina Okay, also.
3: there you go. Bring me to Bronx growing up in South Carolina. How was that?
2: <laughs> you know. It's funny because I I never knew anything else. So it's always funny when people ask about it. But I lived in the little hood of South Carolina in Charleston called Stratton Capers. And it's just funny because, you know, the people that I was around, I had some interesting characters (laughs) that that, that were my friends and that put me in a position to learn how to be tough. Yeah. You know, like fighting every day yeah getting beat up have to go fight for my brother you know like all gotcha. that type of stuff that's older older I, or younger brother i'm the oldest you're the oldest so i have a sister that's two years younger than me and a brother that's two years younger than her oh okay so he was the baby boy so so,
3: so when something happened with them it was on you to,
2: to tell my up. sister <laughs> <laughs> until he got bigger now it's like i'm gonna tell my brother right mm. right mm.
1: yeah i know how that is all right so um back to your dad that was why you stayed closer to choose because you were getting high recruit i mean you came in door busters what was it your sophomore year Mm -hmm. and then you just got all these accolades and you could have picked your litter so tell us about how that process was you know of choosing a school where you could have went to some of these really large division one schools but you decided to stay home
2: you know it's incredible because as i started to get the letters from all these major programs universities like harvard north North carolina Carolina. Yeah. yeah south carolina like everywhere and i was just like yo like i just started Started. playing so i was really excited about the fact that i could see my results you know i had a control of what my future looked like right and from the time i started playing i was going to camps at unc so everything in my closet was carolina blue and that Mm. was my goal that was a goal that was my goal i wanted to go and i was actually recruited by them Uh i'd made given a verbal commitment to attend But when it came time, I just was not ready to leave my mom. You know, my family, they were still going through it. You know, even though it was a couple of years since my father had passed, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, those issues of still having lost my father and my family were still there. And I was close to my mom and being Mm -hmm. a a support system for her as well. So I didn't want to go too far. Yeah. so Go
1: ahead. Yeah. Losing a parent is just, it's, it's different, you know. So there's no time that says this was the right amount of time or this was like that loss is just. I hope no one ever goes to, yeah. you know, especially at a young age, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, all the success that you had, you've had, and you're having, to not be able to share that with your dad. It's, yeah, I, I commend you on, you know, uh, going forward. Go ahead, man. Absolutely. So, first day on campus,
3: what was that like?
2: because I went to a school that was almost the same size as my high school. I went to a really big high school. So I went to school in Greenville, South Carolina at Furman University. Just over 2,000 students. Really? Only 89 African-American students. Wow. Damn. And it's funny because I chose that university because of the relationship that I developed with the coach. Okay. Like, when I went to North Carolina, it was crazy. I was recruited by them. I went on my trip. Okay. I get there. And if you know what eighty eight Carolina Tar Heel basketball was. Oh. Like my host was J.R. Reed. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I get there and I'm like, yo. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> they for real, They're for real, like, right? Like, yeah. like they so, want
1: they want your girl.
2: Absolutely. So I got a chance to hang out with the team, men and women, go on oh. campus and all that. And then when I went to Furman, like they don't have these huge names it was the coach it was some of the players and the
1: facilities you go to you're like
2: facilities like i played in a gym that had 50 lines on the court because it was the recreation center for everything everything. it wasn't even a major facility but the relationship that i built with coach sherry carter just really made me feel comfortable that's awesome and so that was what was most important for me
1: it's kind of like that um that post where they're like girls in basketball the top 25 things and one of them was like I love my coach
2: i love my, i love still like love if my you coach. see her it's just like she called me just yesterday when oh, i was dope. in atlanta she's like i'm coming to visit you this summer i'm coming <laughs> to see asia and i was like what about me but okay. <laughs> she, she went to south carolina she graduated oh, that's right. from yeah, that's you know, right. south carolina so yeah no that relationship was really important and for my mother as well to know that she was handing over her daughter that's big yeah Her someone. baby girl yeah, yeah. so that made a huge difference for me. Basketball, like I said, it was just a means for me to go to college. So I didn't—I wasn't thinking professional and okay. what it would look like. There was no professional league at that mm-hmm. time. Oh, that, Yes. So that wasn't my concern. <laughs> you started <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I was a part of it.
1: Part of it. Yeah, I was there. Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Pioneer. <laughs> Trailblazer. Like
2: Hashtag pioneer.
1: Hashtag pioneer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, in, uh, when you were in college, you know, how – they recently was it recently or how many, how long ago before they retired the jersey and put you in the Raptors?
2: No, my jersey's been up for a while. Okay. Um, probably <laughs> see, after hey, the humble so,
1: Humble You see that right? Okay. What? Just me? No, up? <laughs> no, I was
2: trying to. remember right now. the <laughs> year, but it's actually because I was still playing overseas. Overseas when it well, happened. Oh, okay. So, no, it it went up. Why no. the number thirty four? My, I don't know. My you don't dad know? um was a huge Laker fan, mm-hmm. and I can't even remember who thirty four was. I can't either. Um, yeah, not.
1: I can give you thirty two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely I know. know who that is. The right.
2: Um, I think when I was in high school,
1: He must have liked some Barkley during his day.
2: It must have been. i um, I can't even. I won't, I won't even lie. I don't know because when I was in high school, I was number eleven.
1: Oh, gotcha.
2: Just because. That's the jersey they gave me? Those were the biggest shorts. Like, <laughs> I wasn't trying to wear them little shorts. You, you said, know, back then. You did it for Fit. I did it for the Fit.
3: Did, did they have, Back then, they had the uh, the T-shirt jerseys, like yes. La Tech. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. And that yeah. polyester. Yeah. And our colors were green and gold. So I was. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to say, uh, out loud. I'll show y'all. You said out loud. Yeah, you said it out loud. But that I'll show y'all album. a picture after we get off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um College. Fast forward, then you go into the pros, right? So you go international because there wasn't any WNBA. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first team?
2: I played in Las Palmas, Gran Canaria, in Spain. Uh oh.
1: Uh oh. So I saw, that, I heard that accent. So I want this is the follow up question. Did you learn because you speak what Four five four three languages? If you
2: count Ebonics, I speak four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that counts. That definitely counts. That definitely counts because we can start talking to a lot of people mm-hmm. not know what the hell we're talking about right not- now
2: one word but you know it's funny because like i said i was born in the bronx and my first few years my babysitters were puerto rican oh and what's funny is like they spoke spanish so you picked that up. and i picked it up and so my mom literally had to say like yo she's going to stay with somebody else because she's speaking more spanish than she was english Poppy, Poppy. <laughs> and mama didn't think that was funny so yeah. i started staying with my aunties while my mom was at work but uh-huh. so when i went to school and started learning languages i chose spanish because that was what right you, you've been in yeah. doctrine for, yeah, for a little bit absolutely so then when i went overseas and played it was just a matter of the dialects and the different location right so it was huge
3: so what, what was the the decision making i know you were player of the year at firman What was the decision making to to going overseas? It was just, that was just the next step? Or how did that process work at that time? You
2: know, I mentioned I had zero aspirations to play professionally. I was going to be a social worker, work with kids. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, just do me. But my coach called me and she was like, hey, I got a call from an agent. There's an opportunity. They want to see if you want to play overseas. You know, they pay for your housing. They give you a car. You Mm -hmm. get a salary and, you know, stipend for food. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Mm They (laughs) are going to pay me give me a car and a house and pay for sign me up. Like, it is, so was it tough I'm at that there. time
3: to leave family? Since
2: By that time i matured a little bit. And this was an opportunity for me to have financial gains where I could help take care of my family. Oh, no, no yeah, So okay. that put me in a different position. So right. even though I would be away from my family, I could still send money back. I could still help my mother. My brother was still in high school. Like mm-hmm. there are ways that I could contribute. Right. So it was a no brainer.
3: So dumb question, you know, one of the greatest movies ever, uh, loving basketball. <laughs> one of
1: the
2: greatest, huh?
3: Oh yeah, it's one. Of it the
2: greatest. is. What you doubt it?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm good with it. Okay. It's definitely one of the greatest. Yes. But yes. that process, I think when Monica was overseas and uh, the coach was speaking a different language and she didn't understand it, what did she? She was they like, say? What, "What did you say? They just, say? just give the ball to get you." the ball to you. So was it? Was it? Was it that?
2: Yeah, it was absolutely that. Yeah. And it's so funny because in that movie, she played on two teams mm-hmm. that I played on. Like oh, Rio. okay. So clearly they did their research. research on it. Yeah. And two of the teams, the team she played on in Italy and Spain, like I, I played both. on. So... In Spain, I didn't have that big of an issue, but when I played in France or Italy, yeah, in, you know Greece, Greece. Korea. I saw Korea, Korea I saw Korea too. I was like, like, I can't do nothing. They taught me the cuss words. I can't do nothing but cuss <laughs> and the, say hello in Korea. First thing of everybody course.
1: learns in a <laughs> different time, language.
2: Whenever, because you, that's what they say right. most often, but. That transition was difficult in the sense of the language barrier, right. except for in Spain. But yeah. Italian is very much like Spanish. So okay. I got me a dictionary. Yeah. And I told my teammates, speak to me in Italian, and then help me to yeah. learn. So they helped me, my so you, French.
1: you picked it up by okay. function then? Absolutely. Because that's what I was going to ask, right? Like, okay, so the um, Spanish, that makes sense. You were getting it at a young age. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you said, so that dialect. Was there. That was there. But all these other languages, it was just kind of, yo, I need to eat. I need to get to the bathroom and run me my money.
2: And run me my money. <laughs> that is the first thing with my check.
1: <laughs> so so when when
3: so when coach was trying to, you huh? know, sub out, hey, hey, come, come sub out, you just act like I
2: don't understand what you say. There I'm. is no subbing out. And that's the thing. <laughs> oh, like especially no. during the time that I was playing. Yeah. You only were allowed two imports. is what they call non national. So if I'm in okay. Spain, you could only have two non Spaniards on your team. Wow. So if it's me and the other girl, both of us need to be on the court because we're primarily the best athletes. Sure. So if you it was playing, you want to come out, they turn their head. They ain't looking at like,
1: you. Nah. Like, mm. like mm, mm, nope, no. Nope. I don't see
2: <laughs> ain't talking to me. You know how you just look them off? That's what we right. would get. And I'd be like, hey, man, sub." up? Listen. And I walk to the side. <laughs> can I get the water a little bit? <laughs> <Just> something. <laughs> something. But no, it was a great experience because there was just that so is. much that I learned yeah. in dope. those times. And like you said about the languages, it was about emerging myself in their culture. Culture. Like yeah. eating the foods, trying mm. to speak the language. People receive you much more readily when you are making efforts. 100%. To be a part of their culture, as opposed to saying I'm the American, I speak English. Y'all speak Y'all English speak, and that's So it changes everything. That's
3: dope. Mm-hmm. What year is in Korea? Uh,
2: Korea was, was two You say what year? Yeah,
3: 2002. So that that was after that was
1: the, during the end, right? That, that was,
3: was after the, uh, the WNBA after the Cleveland.
2: Oh yeah, because I was still playing. Was still playing. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: you playing both, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm that's the thing oh, seven yeah. years because I played, they have to
1: they have to do mm-hmm. both
2: a lot it's a little different now no, with the yeah. cba and the yeah fact we're gonna, that get, they're to gonna that. get some yeah. more
1: so, money. so talk about that let's just jump to the cba because that was a question well, i wanted to ask but mm-hmm, right, let's sure. you have
3: something well, yeah, just talk about that process of just of just playing both like that traveling back and forth and yeah yeah just that that process it, it was tough because yeah. you play year round yeah. you don't give Crazy. your body a chance to, to heal. actually
2: heal and recover yeah, And I retired at 31 mm-hmm. when I'm sure I could have played at least five more years, but I never had the chance to let my body recover. Right. Had I said, OK, I'm going to take a WNBA season off or I'm just going to play half of an international um, season, maybe I would have had a different response. But you literally would play like I had played overseas and then we had the tryouts for the WNBA. I went straight into the season and as soon as the season was over, I went to my next team. And then as soon as that was over, I came straight to the WNBA. So there that was seven years wow. that I played nonstop year round, ball. year round. Like with maybe two weeks off in an entire year. How how did
3: how did you upkeep your health and your your, your your without your body just completely breaking down.
2: I was just lucky enough never to have any major knee injuries.
3: Okay. I did, yeah. I would
2: had a couple of surgeries in college for my shoulders, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any major knee injuries, and those are the things that really get you. That's I had like you, okay. an issue with my back, and then towards the end, I tore a to plantar fascia in both of my feet <sighs> in different years. But I think just because my knees held up, held up you for me,
3: right?
2: Stop. <laughs> No, no sir i am not
3: i they, i
1: there you go they say i don't know what? who they is
3: but well, they I say that say le- who is they?
1: this is coming they, from the same guy who wants to know about the extra calf muscle which we still uh, have man
3: <laughs> that's what they say too Let but <laughs> they, say, they say they say right who is no they?
2: they
1: say
3: if you legged, you don't have knee injuries you don't have knee problems
2: but you know and especially as a woman there are higher um rate of knee injuries right. for women so right. i'm not bow legged. i'm actually
1: don't say knees. No,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like a little sling back. Like if I stand, no I re I relax and okay. my knees go back some, but no, I'm straight. My legs are straight, okay. honey. Uh <laughs> straight, <laughs> le- straight legs.
1: Oh, I love it. All right, give us that really quick transition from, you know, or just that story. I mean, you gave a little bit about trying out. Yeah. But what was that transition Get from into. going to, you know, uh being overseas and now this new exciting Professional, yeah. Need that's on your soil. Like you had to be amped and and then how the process came because like you played international because someone was like, "Hey, we want to play. Hey, does she is she interested in playing? Like, what give us that kind of transition? Was it something similar?
2: You know, it's crazy because I had played three years internationally before the WNBA started. Okay, graduated in ninety four, went overseas. Okay, WNBA started in ninety seven. So mm-hmm. the season that I was playing in France after the ninety six Olympics. You yeah. Know, they announced, you know, we're going to start the WNBA. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'd be able to play at home because I'm playing overseas. Nobody comes to see me but my mama. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and that's an expensive trip sometimes, too, right? Know,
2: that's cool. I got five. And back then it was cheaper. I got $500 for your ticket. Oh, it's there cool. You, go. you can come see me right. whatever. But just the idea of being to play in front of my family. family. Like, I'm from South Carolina. They had a team in Charlotte. Yeah. You know, I tried out for Charlotte before I went to Cleveland and got cut. But the opportunity to play in front of my family and for them to have an opportunity to drive and come see me, like all this I'm doing, I'm just telling them like they can't see it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. And the whole time I'm playing overseas, I'm calling my agent every day. Yo, anybody call <laughs> what they say? Somebody <laughs> come to get me. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Like crickets? crickets. It was crazy. She was like, well, Rushi, you went to a really small school. So now mm-hmm. that decision to go to Furman over North Carolina, right? it was, it was impacting yeah. what my professional career could look like. And, I kept saying, but I'm over here killing though. Right. They, they they picking girls around me, and I killed her last night. She got 25 <laughs> and 12. So if they put me on a team, I'm sure i that, that ass. I'm sure somebody's gonna get ass. me. But nothing. And so she was like, "Look, the only thing that you can do is like maybe try out for a team." So I'd come back from Atlanta, like we were working out in Atlanta, and okay. we drove to Charlotte to try out for the team in Charlotte. Same thing: 200 women made it to the last four and got cut. Wow. Came home crying to my mama, who was very unsympathetic. She's like, so what you going to do? Do you think you are good enough to play in this league? And I was like, yo, they just cut me, though. What you want me to do? Right. She's like, you got to figure something out. So I did the research. I saw that Cleveland was having their tryouts the next weekend. My brother Ended up having to quit his job because he asked if he could have the weekend off. He'd just gotten this managerial position at this shoe company. And I was like, nah, you got to work. work right, right, right. He left his job. So now I'm under pressure for real. Like, now nah, nah, I got to make it. Now nah, I really got to make it. But we drove to Cleveland. Same thing. 200 women. Tried out. Um, made it to the last four. And they said initially that I was going to be a practice player. Yeah. You know, so you can get right. out there. You can be a practice player. No games. No travel. And after training camp, coach called me in the office like Rishi you had to get a great training camp. We're gonna, We're gonna you know, add it. you to the regular roster. Oh. Seven games into the season, oh. she calls me in the office again. It's like, listen, we playing um L A on Friday on ESPN. You the best matchup for Lisa Leslie. You are gonna start. So wow, like, <laughs> I mean, like, let's
1: go. I'm, That's big time. Like, That's amazing and
2: just that and i was just crazy enough to believe that i could do it yeah. you know like and and a lot of times i i'm in a position where people are ask me like well how do i figure out yo just go just go because you can't doubt and you can't listen to other people because from the time that i picked up a ball my friends laughed because mm-hmm. i wasn't athletic mm-hmm. but i was competitive right mm-hmm. so i knew nobody was going to outwork me that's and cool. that's just something that stayed consistent in my life. You know, through my mom and my dad, I watched them work. I knew what work ethic looked like. Yeah. I, love it. I knew it was never about a nine to five. It was about doing the job until it was done. Until it was done. Absolutely. Till victory. Until you win. Yeah. So Period. That, so that
3: mental, that, that mental toughness, that mental stamina, that, that came from home. That, that just, came from home, for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah. For sure. My father was a contractor. He had a janitorial business. Like, okay. we would be seven and eight at night in these – office buildings, Rushi, you go take out the trash. My brother had to clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had a role and it was about working together and being a part of a team. So it was never about, oh, you deserve this and you're gonna have it. No, right. you get what you work or, for. Or, yeah. So and That's that that was time. always there.
3: Like it. So so what happened? Going back to that Lisa Leslie game on ESPN. Yo, so what, I what, scored what, huh? my
2: two. So she wasn't guarding me. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I was guarding. I was guarding her. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So what
3: happened on that end of court?
2: Yes. So initially, the big Chinese girl Hai Shao Shang was guarding me, and she mm-hmm. was six eight, three hundred. Yeah. I was like, whatever. I was going around her. I laid up two times, and one time Lisa came for the help and threw my joint in the stands. So I was like, okay.
1: Like she's serious. Yeah.
2: And so that was. That one time and then I scored on her one time and I was jumping around. And she just looked at me. Uh-oh. And I was like, uh uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> But I was competitive. I kept going at her. You know yeah. so I mean I had a good game considering my first start. I probably only had like ten points, but that was good. There you yeah. go. You I was trouble? out there you, for defense. You, you the yeah, foul you no, foul 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 trouble? Trouble? I'm quick. No. I was quick. Let me, let me <laughs> <go back. laughs> But, uh, no, I had a good game against her, and I always raised my level of play for the keys. Like, I think my best games were always against, like, Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson because okay. they were the top. They were. You went after the dogs. So, I like it. No, I mean, it's it's crazy, but just I locked in more when it mattered.
3: So so after, you know, when you played, did you pattern your game after anybody or it was just just a natural feel for the game no, that you played with? I just with?
2: did what I did. I knew yeah. I was super athletic. You weren't going to catch me. You couldn't out-jump me. And my anticipation on defense mm-hmm. was incredible. You did know, you, so, did you take charges
3: or use blocking shots? Oh no,
2: I was blocking shots, taking <laughs> charges. Okay. Like I, my timing was really good. Yeah, you know, I and I could got really anticipate, anticipate what people were going to do. So those were the things, and I did what I did. Like I would average twenty five and twelve overseas, and come back to the league and average like eight and ten. <laughs> it you know, was because a, a, my role, role was different, oh, different. Right, so, right, right. So I just learned to get in where I fit in.
3: That's it. Like, All right. I'm sorry man. I I So cuz that 97 year like you know I think the Bulls won their second, second championship against Utah that year and then that was right before that 97 98 that was like when Sammy Sosa started you know putting whatever when he was still
1: black. Yeah, before he got yeah, yeah. When, he goes, when, he, when he was when when he turned what, the lines. I'm just saying, hey, don't say light skin. He, yeah, he turned light skin. <laughs> Dwayne Wade stop over.
3: <laughs> Please. But I the, the sports was, like, booming from that 96 to 98. And so, like, some of the names, like, you know, Cynthia Cooper. I was always a fan of oh, Cynthia Cooper. Sure. Yeah. Cheryl Swoops. Absolutely. Swoops, Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson, mm-hmm. Teresa Weatherspoon. So, yes. like, just icons of the game. Yes. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a nostalgia just talking to you right now about that inaugural season.
2: Listen, I can tell you that first year I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. But, like, Cynthia Cooper, I had played against her. Overseas, okay. he had been playing overseas in Italy as well. But that first year the W, like it was incredible. I remember us going to the Garden uh, and playing teaspoon. Yeah, and you know uh, Kim Hampton, yeah, and Crystal Robinson, Robinson, and these yeah. people. Rebecca Lobo, Rebecca, Rebecca Lobo for sure. Yeah, yeah. You call. go into the Garden, a mecca of basketball. Yeah. You got Spike Lee, Penny Marshall, Denzel, like they're all on the sideline watching, watching. us. Yeah. You know, like you'd seen this when you go to the Lakers. You yeah. see it when they play in play the, the Knicks. This is right. the WNBA, Boston. the first year, the inaugural season. That's packed. Yeah. And the same people that are at the next game. What's it are at the Liberty game. That's fly. So you the would park and the Great Western Forum. That's fly. Like incredible. Yeah. Like I had I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, like especially when we would go and play L.A. Like, because mm-hmm. I told you, my dad was a Laker. Laker fan. fan. yeah. Like just being in that space mm-hmm. and just the, all the opportunities that this game has afforded me. Yeah, like I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
3: So like WNBA now, I mean WNBA from the inaugural season to now, what's your feeling about that? Is it like a like I, I set the stone, I set the stage for this? What it is now? Or you no,
2: know, I'm I'm excited to have been a part of it and it's Mm -hmm. um beginning years and being a pioneer and even more so the impact that i have on the players now Mm -hmm. because through the years when i played like i've always made a way to stay in touch with the players that were active as a mentor or whatever it needed to be i have a lot of the younger players and now especially through my job that i have with the aces pouring into these young ladies because there are so many things that they have no idea yeah. just like i had no idea and it yeah. wasn't until i actually experienced it that i knew what was you know necessary right so yeah. now i can give them a heads up i've
3: been there that, look
2: yeah. yo let me tell you what's about to happen yes stop step it. by step stop it <laughs> you know like being able to give them an opportunity to That's be even stuff. more successful yeah so let's
1: get into that so your current role is Player Program and Franchise Development Manager. Yes. That's a very long and very ex- long studious title.
2: And full of, and it should say, et cetera.
1: <laughs> well, I was about to say that too. They got you on the mic during home games, You're on the, 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 giving the color commentary and <laughs> out and doing everything. But yeah, so give us some of the, um, the duties that, you know, you do outside of just the title. Because, I mean, you are, they, I think I read an article when the, the CBA came out and it actually named you as saying, Hey, not every team has a rooster Brown or an RB, yeah. and that's concerning. So, um, and then also tied in with, I think you want an apprenticeship um, with the NBA when they were teaching you the business side of things, and that's so important. And that's why we kind to do this platform is that's not talked about. So. Just yeah, just jump in anywhere you want with yeah, that. And
2: and one of the things, like prior to my accepting this position, I was given an opportunity to go to New York and work for the NBA and do an apprenticeship. And so what they do is teach their athletes the business side of the game. Okay. And that's incredible because that so many of us, you know, you we, we play Shut and up then and you try and fig no. So <laughs> we try and figure out what it looks like especially yeah. when you get ready to retire yeah. like you have such a close affiliation for this game but you don't know where you fit yeah. but the nba is so committed to making sure that their athletes both on the nba side and the wnba side have a step in the right direction and they That's gave fantastic. us a one up because like i would not have had the mindset mm-hmm. had it not been for that program so That's now awesome. i come into the organization here and i'm ready i'm prepared so i did um they allowed us to have uh, I chose international basketball, so I worked with NBA international. So I did all the camps and clinics, did all the business stuff on that side. Took and you over to Africa, I did, right? Didn't you yes, just come over I in Africa? to Africa? Africa with the um, NBA. That's I did. You were doing it before Ajiri was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Another pioneer. Yes. Yes. And so just having the opportunity, also working with the WNBA, helping to work the draft, and just just the different opportunities. Because as a player, all you know is be in your best shape. Yeah. Step on court and do the best. You have no idea of all the other stuff that goes on. Right, And one of the other opportunities, because when I played, you mentioned all the pioneers earlier. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity a good 10 years ago to play in a celebrity game in Houston. It was what, Teaspoon, you know, Lynette te- Woodard, you know, like so many women. And there yeah. was another young lady who came and She'd been a two-time WNBA All-Star. She played like seven or eight years in the league, had Kay. a great career. She comes in and just by looking at her, you like, yo, what's wrong? My right. life, life had, life hit her. had hit hard hit her yeah. hard, and so through conversation, we found out she was homeless. And I'm like, how does this happen?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does this
2: happen? Like looking at what you come from, right? But she had had mental issues while she played, but of course, you know, people just like, yeah, go play. Yeah. You know, you're all right. We'll yeah. help you. But as long as she was producing, there was nothing. So I called the league and I was like, yo, what can we do? We have a sister that's in you know in dire need right not just need she was in dire need and they was like well we really focus on the current players mind you we're in year 12 of the wnba (laughs) right you know so they're not prepared for that so i was like okay so the nba has the wnba sister so i'm gonna go to the nba retired players association and see and they was like well we don't allow the women to come into our organization wow wow i was like that's messed up right but at the time charles smith who used to play for the knicks in san antonio yeah. he oh, okay. was the executive director and he was like russia that came from the board but i'll help you build something that's so he that's helped amazing. me build the women's professional basketball alumni which is the association the association i see that, that. i, I mm-hmm. um but i you started still, you started that right i did i started Pioneer. <laughs> hashtag pioneer. It's
1: a, it's, it's, a, wow. it's a theme
2: listen you got to <laughs> do what needs to be done no it's so, amazing when I did that, it just became a resource for players in transition, understanding how to move to that next thing: right. education, job placement, financial literacy, even yeah. the mental yeah. stuff that goes with it. Because when you transition from being an athlete, like the spotlight, to just being we a talk regular about it person, all the time, it's really tough. We, You're trying to figure out who you are without the ball.
3: We talk about that all the time, all the time, all the time, and there's that's the, for football. There's a like a three-letter thing that I just don't really care for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I just think there's a lot more mental trauma that goes into. it. So like you know I, who is it? Uh, Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. He says there what you put ten thousand hours to, in be, to nice be an expert, expert, and that's like what ten years. Mm-hmm. So when you're a professional athlete, you put you more know, than you You you've put in time. You're an expert.
2: Your ten thousand hours doesn't take ten years. No, Correct. So like. All. So like to
3: to tell an athlete, okay, you know, you're 31. That ex you're, you're done with that expertise. Yes. Right. Go find something Go find else. Something else. <laughs> find
1: another passion. Listen. Find another Yeah, it, it, like and be, yeah. and be great at it. Yeah. At the level that you were at.
2: Because your mindset is about excellence. And we're right. used to, like I said, the when I got into the gym, absolutely. You get into the gym, I can control the outcome mm-hmm. based on my work ethic. Mm-hmm. When you get into corporate America,
1: it's a ooh. You yeah. Just a totally ooh. different demographic,
2: yeah. and not only that. Like, I sat on a panel with Isaiah um Thomas, and he made a statement that stuck with me that resonated with me so clearly. He said, "Athletes are underestimated because we're seen from the neck down. Like people mm, see us as physical, physical beings and not intellectual. Almost property. Almost. We ain't gonna go we back there, but yes.
1: Uh, yeah, but no. Yes. Real talk.
2: So. What he, when he said that, I was like, yes, because I had been going through things trying to get an opportunity and people would look at me and be like, yeah, you played basketball. And I was like, yo, but I'm more than a basketball player. I went through trying to figure out and rediscover myself for other people. I thought I knew who I was, but Mm -hmm. I had to show them who I was because no matter what I did, even now,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I'm almost 50 years old, hadn't played in 18 years. And people still say Rucha, the basketball player. Player. Yeah. I have started several companies have a daughter. I have done so many other things, but that is the thing that resonates with them. So that's the box that they want to put me in. So I had to learn how to say, okay, I'll be that until I get through the door. Mm -hmm. And then I have to show you all the other things. Correct. That make up Rucha. I mean, it's
3: it's interesting. I don't want to get too far off, off subject, but you know, I think athletes, um, it's it's rare in any other walk in life that you share a locker room or your close proximity with somebody that's from Korea mm-hmm. or from Italy mm-hmm. or uh, you know across the country and they have totally different background that you have, but you guys are all working for a common goal. So I always feel like they underestimate athletes just from a, just a social standpoint of just working with somebody that's totally different from you. You don't most people in other situations, other jobs don't do that. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. So I I, I always. I don't know. I always blink at that. Like, why? Why is this set like but that? But there for are a few
2: corporations and organizations that find value in athletes because they understand how coachable we are. Right. Like, you are more disciplined than the average person. You have a skill set in which you know how to work with people, whether I like you or not. Correct. Like, there have been people on my teams. Hey, man! After the game over, I ain't got nothing to say to you. But while we are on the gonna, court together, are we gonna ball? Bet nobody touch you. right. you know, because there it's about being a part of the team, like mm-hmm. your self-discipline. setting like goals You're setting goals, being able to push through any situation. Perseverance. especially All of that. I'm not sensitive. like yeah. I don't know Boy, if there's anything you sensitive. can say to me that's gonna make me cry. Right. I've been in rooms where people have gotten fussed at and started crying, and I'm like, so what's wrong? Like so? <laughs> because people can't differentiate what's being said. And how it's, it's being, being said, right? But I when see. you're an athlete, you done been cussed at, fussed at, muffed Dogged
1: out, <laughs> look, <Dogged. laughs>
2: pushed in the back, like everything you under. Oh, well, you, sorry, you, yeah. you, right. you, <laughs> you're like, Well, damn, coach. <laughs> no, like it makes you question everything. So by the time you push through that, when you get into corporate and people coming at you, you like,
1: like, all right, oh, right, right. like whatever, all
2: right? You know. So I just really think there are some organizations that see the value in athletes. Mm-hmm. But then there's some people who are also intimidated by that, mm. because I know that's one of the things that's I interesting experience. Point. Yeah. No, you're intimidated, especially yeah. if you think I'm coming for your job. Yeah. I'm six foot two. Mm-hmm. I'm dark. I'm very outspoken. Mm-hmm. You're comfortable I, in your skin. I'm c- very comfortable. You love you. In my, a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'm get it. All, I'm all I sure. got. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so CMB. <laughs> But one of those, I mean, like, that's intimidating to some people. Imagine somebody who's not played sport, who doesn't Mm -hmm. understand the concept of team, Team. that doesn't know that I bring value to whatever it is they're doing. They could be intimidated by me. And I've experienced that quite a lot. And so you learn how to mentally manipulate situations so people are not as intimidated, even though you're just being you. And you
1: you have to adapt to those people, which is... People don't understand that that's part of the game that we it have is. to play. It is. Just to it's play in those arenas. Aspect. It's another aspect that
2: you have to add.
1: Just outside of the skills mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. No, it's crazy. All right. So I do want to talk about um, you know, you do other things and you are a speaker mm-hmm. and you held us down at the Las Vegas preview. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard me screaming, you had a lot of, cause everybody started screaming like I screamed and then someone heard someone in the back scream for you and everything. It was amazing Mm -hmm. to see you up there, front and center holding it down. And that was a great, um, great time. One, how did that come about? And then I want to know, how was it? Did you interact with Roger Goodell at all?
2: You know, it's funny because I, prior to accepting this a job, I'm a speaker by trade Absolutely, you speak a lot. (laughs) this game has given me an opportunity and a platform to go out and impact Oh, great. Lives and be a change agent. So I've been doing that. But my true hard work is impacting the lives of players. Okay. So I've done that. But since I've been here, I've met so many people. So um, I got a phone call and they were like, Rusha, we're having a um, preview and we would like for you to be the MC wow and i was like okay cool what does that mean <laughs> right because you did, you think <laughs> let me like, get some <laughs> details <laughs> but so they explained and i was like yo i want to learn more about my new city because yeah. you know i've only been here it'll be two years in march so i want to learn more i want to be engaged i want to see i was like okay for sure
1: And funny i met you like your second day here yeah when uh tony i brought you by mm-hmm. there was that the one uh school function mm-hmm. so dang
2: time flies it really has right. so, almost two years so when they invited me to do that, I was I was like "Bet." I want to meet as many people as possible right. and have an impact that, in, in any way that I can. Plus, I love a stage. I love <laughs> a crowd. I love being the yeah. energy from the people. Yeah. So that was really good for
1: and me. And that dress wasn't hurting them. Right? Hey. That's,
2: my co- that's my power color right there. Uh, oh, okay. That that cobalt blue. Oh, there you oh. go. Yes. <laughs> it, that's it, it. It was better than college colors. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Definitely. Look, my college colors was lit. That purple, that's my high school colors. That was that green and gold. Yeah, that, I don't, I don't that purple know. was... <laughs> so, but no, I did, and I did get a chance. This is like my third time. Oh, interacting, interacting with him? with Roger Goodell. Okay, so I've been on um, two other panels with him, and so oh, wow. when I saw him,
3: it was he yeah, we've known each
2: other. So I'm, you know, it was it was a also? blessing. Like I believe highly in networking and meeting people and mm-hmm. understanding because relationships matter. That's one of the things that I teach my yeah. players. It just does not. There's no comparison. That having all. a relationship with somebody, I can call and be like, yo, I need, just the other day, I called somebody in Atlanta because my n- little nephew needs a, um, an internship. Oh, yeah. She was like, Rucha, whatever you need. Boom. Because we've done work together. She knows that I'm always professional. She knows that I'm always going to do what's necessary to get the job done and that I'm not going to bring somebody to her. That's, That's not up to par. So Absolutely. relationships definitely matter. Nice.
1: So I was surprised at some of the questions. I, I don't know. I wish we got to submit, submit some questions before.
2: Oh, for Roger Goodall. For Roger.
1: But I was surprised and I was appreciative that they asked about the black coaches. I was surprised at that. Like, I mm-hmm. said to Miles, I was like, Miles, yo, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're talking about it. Now, you gave a very PC um, of answer. Of course. But the fact that he brought it up, it just shows their awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think he's doing, you know, a great great job as much as he can, right, with the confines. But we're still going to have a rant about the, the black coaches' situation. One of these I'm days,
0: ready. man. <laughs>
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm, not wait, no. yeah, so, I'm not gonna so, talk about I mean, so, that. Yeah, so there are a lot of opportunities, there's, in, there's, even in our game. Yeah, you know, they're even for the players and then black coaches, you you don't get the same opportunity. You have other cultures recycled. Right, they get fired from one job, get another opportunity. You get fired as a black coach. Yeah, and that's and that's my biggest thing. Yo, You're done. Yeah, you done? Yeah, no matter
3: what the situation was. Yeah, and maybe do, not even the full opportunity.
2: Not even a full opportunity. Yeah. So. And I've listened to so many of the sports analysts on these TV shows Uh talk about it. And I think the one thing that resonates throughout all the mindsets is that because in leadership, there are not any people that look like us. The decision makers makers don't look like us. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense to me because if I'm organizing something, I want somebody who thinks like me, who acts like me, who addresses situations like me. Right. And if that's not who's in leadership, what you want?
3: That's why it's even more a shout-out to you, what you're doing now with the Aces, you know, kind of building that bridge and that platform um, for those athletes. I, I I think the game is, you know, better for it now that you've – after you've left with the W.A., I think they have a better um, outlook and a better opportunities. And I think we we didn't touch on the CBA, but, you know, kind of your thoughts on – on where we're at now in the
1: league yeah so before we get on that yeah. two things that we've already brought up which is amazing yeah. is that they're focusing on the mental aspect so they're yeah. putting that in there mm-hmm. so that's i thought was was a great charge right um and i just dropped the ball on the other things i was gonna mm-hmm. say for oh we'll just travel but what are some of the things that you loved about this current cba and i know we're yeah. not there yet mm-hmm. but it's a great start do you, it's f- a great do you feel that kind of yeah thought about the whole overall process
2: i really feel like this cba shows that there's a commitment to this league and its development gotcha we are approaching we're like in year 24 Wow. 24 years i remember when we first started people like it ain't gonna last five years then at five it was like it won't be here 10 years now we're here (laughs) at 24 24 years but the level of commitment with the new commissioner is showing that they're trying to figure out a way to make this not just last but to be profitable profitable like with the relationships and the sponsorship deals that they're putting in place to make sure that the players don't have to go overseas like they're putting things in place that's great. Like right now of course only the top tier players will get a that percentage. maximum that maximum Maxim- money oh, got gotcha. you okay but the accommodations have changed when i played sure. i had a roommate no matter what
1: yeah
2: from year 1 through 7 that's wild this and is... if i wanted my room to myself i'd be like hey man yeah
1: you know what's up?
2: I'm gonna put sock on the door and you come <laughs>
1: and you're Right, like them the but rules.
2: Are, but now they've made a commitment. Are you laughing when they you know sure. about the sock
1: on the door, don't you? Yeah. Uh huh.
2: It really makes a difference when for the athletes to yeah, know that your league believes in you. Yeah. Because like I said, I played year round and now mm-hmm. we have the athletes that may not have to do that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what that does to your body? Yeah. I mean, Breonna Stewart. Oh, my God. Diana MVP. Tawassi. Yeah. Rookie of in the year. Just hurt herself. Couldn't play yeah. Because like she, chilling, she was playing overseas. Just chilling. And just herself. overextended yeah. herself.
1: Yeah. And then hold on. Did and it say, alive. I read that, was it Skylar? Mm-hmm. Just was pregnant. She was playing. And she played insane. the whole she, season? She played pregnant. through the beginning of the pre- her pregnancy.
2: Right. And the thing is, like, that's crazy. That's an unfair her advantage. Commitment. They have six men on the court. There's six <laughs> women on the court. Well, one of them was Shout not an asset. I mean, so I mean, but it did impact her physically. Yeah. Right. But even with that, like after she had her baby, she didn't get what she needed Need
1: to support. To support. To like she get felt back. like she
2: didn't have the support system around her. And it just made a huge difference. And being an athlete as a woman is uh-huh. very different. Like, Yeah. You can have a baby, but will you have a job when you get back? Like the no. WNBA is one of the most competitive leagues. There are twelve teams with mm-hmm. twelve players. There are one hundred and forty-four positions <laughs> in the entire world of the millions of women that wow. play basketball. Yeah, you can look at this year. We may have had two or three women that are going to retire and leave, but you got a whole, a whole draft. Of- so who ain't, who getting cut? Right. Is That's it a vet? Tough. Is it a uh-huh. rookie? Because you can I mean, come I mean, to the I mean, I mean, on the roster, the roster spot? 12 oh. so
0: there's 12
3: 12,
2: players. 12 and 12. so you literally can come in as an a second round draft pick and not be on the yeah, body's team yeah
1: uh, you
2: might get cut
1: And think i because mean, if you think of like all the colleges in the international like
2: think about the seniors that are graduating uh, looking forward to being a part of the WNBA draft Hugo. you better
1: you better come with it
2: and even if you come with it, look, at I mean, like we're <laughs> in such a place right now uh-huh, where the yeah. talent, talent level and the oh, competition is, up is so incredible.
3: Because you still get those. You got the international players. Yo, right? That's what wow. It that, that's,
1: that's, wow.
2: Plus them.
1: And people, like you said, people aren't leaving just that easy. No,
2: people are playing. People are continuing to play and just raising their level of that's... competition. So what so, are the chance
1: when you see him in there like well, we always talk about don't come on the Wnba co- court for rec ball thinking you' no. gonna do something Look. no <laughs> and and Kobe said that right like this is the best like it no that's
3: the ain't no like you know and I love vince carter in the NBA but you know he's what 22 years in the league <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, you taking mm-hmm. up slots. it's about mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah you, you got it's, the it's top, yeah it's
2: 12-team, 12, so 12 roster spots, at... yeah, it's, it's time to... well, for you the to thing. go. But like Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, they've played, I think, like 14, 15, 16 yeah. wow. years. Wow, okay, yeah. And what you gonna, you not, DT <laughs> not on your team? You're not cutting DT? <laughs> no, true. DT gonna play till she go... says, that, I'm done, yeah. until yeah. I'm yes. done. Yeah, that's Jordan. But there are so she... Jordan, many Jordan. talented athletes wow, that that's... are not getting an opportunity Man, because pr- our league is so no
1: that's a perspective Mm -hmm. that just hit like super home nice wow (laughs) (laughs) no that's all i can say that's that's all that's all we got was wow from Mm -hmm. that one Mm
3: -hmm. arby touch on this really quick i know like you know um ladies like carol lawson are now coaching in in the Mm -hmm. nba what's your thoughts on you know uh, women in in the wnba getting those jobs in the nba now that's part of the cba too though right
2: well it like there is an opportunity. opportunity Like right. Adam Silver and and David Stern, you know, God rest his soul, was very committed to the women being a part Although, of everything. Mm-hmm. That's good. And Adam Silver has just carried on that part of his legacy. And what's amazing is that I don't care where you go, basketball is basketball. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you know the game, and that's one of the things people respect you when you know the game. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be funny because the guys who play the game respect women who play. It's these yeah. clowns it's, at LA it, Fitness. It's, it's, it's
3: me slapping the glass. <laughs> <from> LA. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: these clowns at LA Fitness that disrespect rec, rec, rec the women. Ball, rec ball, that yeah, that rec didn't even champs. make the JV team. That got something to say. No <laughs> hairlines. <Look> <laughs> <laughs> so those yeah, are the things me. that make a difference, but. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. I have several friends, like all the women that are play, are participating now and coaching. Mm-hmm. A women that I've played with against and. Like Allison Feaster, a very good friend of mine, yeah. played with her. She's out in Boston. Mm-hmm. You got Carol Lawson. You got Neil Ivy.
1: Becky Hammond should be a Becky head coach. Becky Hammond yeah. at Boom. some point. Yeah. You know,
2: like they were talking about her getting that New York job. I'm glad she didn't take that. That's so a good that move on her. Been a that's,
1: career killer. That's a setup for failure. Yes, right. There. right? Don't Don't my do nicks it. <laughs> Leave my next <nicks> alone. <laughs> Leave my next alone.
2: Leave my next alone. But I mean, those opportunities just continue to open up for the women, and they are prepared. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, like every time one steps through the door, it just opens it up a little bit wider for the next one of us coming through good stuff
1: so putting great product on the on the court which is amazing because of the talent um share a little bit about all-star we were blessed to have all-star in vegas they should just make all-star uh in vegas
2: when i tell you all of the players had that exact same sentiment they was like vegas should have all-star every Every year year. and it was a different experience because vegas is all about entertainment and with our president and um head coach bill Beer. He's all about making sure that Bill. the athletes have the best of everything. Bill
1: still got that fire, by the way. He man. <laughs> 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 Stop fouling, bro. Oh, Bill. Still? I'm sure he's still foul. I'm sure he's still fouling. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: he's probably beating up Cam beige in practice. Dude, Stop fouling. <laughs>
2: no, that's funny. But he's, um, no, like he sets the precedent for what professional, female professional athletes, how they should be treated. And MGM is in a position to set a new standard. Yeah. Like, We've, we're moving into our third year. Everybody in the league wants to play here. Wow. All the coaches want Wanna to be, coach be here. here. Yes. So Let's get that championship. Let's already, get that. No, that's what it's about. I so, don't know if yeah. y'all have seen the moves we've made. That, I've, I have. But we've seen that of, is on the agenda. So
1: making a hell of a run this year, huh? Let's Set, go. S- setting up for one
2: yeah i mean like last year when we brought in liz Cambage, that was huge That was dude. for our organization
1: and i mean y'all literally got her like off the plane let's go play yeah
2: she literally <laughs> yeah. came in and was she's like, like
1: okay i needed just a couple days can i just, get a can minute I, can a brother can no, a sister breathe but for a she minute she
2: wanted to be here and that's one of the things that's she awesome. had gone through a lot and she mm-hmm. wanted to be here and even this year we've made a couple of additions to the team of solid vets Oh, nice solid vets yeah Champions! You know, Let's get I'm it. excited about what this year is going to look like, but the there's range. been free agency has been crazy across the board because mm-hmm. Atlanta has done some incredible things. Like, I think so much movement is going to make sure that the league is super competitive, Bush, and the yeah. fans are going to have a great season figuring out who to cheer for.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. when we bring them out though, our games—oh man, our games are a whole right. different level.
2: Right. I have had, um, players oh yeah, I mean come, come on, yeah, in. you played and been a different. No, arenas. I've been in. All arenas, and there's nothing like this Las Vegas Aces fan base. And it's small because we just started. We're going into our third year. right? But but they be out
1: there, though. The atmosphere is crazy. You can't beat it.
2: You cannot beat it. The The energy energy, in that building is unparalleled. There's no place that I've been Mm -hmm. that is like that. And it's just crazy because at the end of the year last year, some of our fans came with us to Phoenix for that last game. Oh, okay.
1: Mm -hmm. They were out there, huh?
2: Listen. We were louder than the Phoenix fans I love in it. their building. I love it. And we ended up winning that game. Let's yeah. go. You know, it was just crazy. But I think for so long, Vegas wasn't given professional sports. And mm-hmm. now the fans are like, yo, we deserve this. And embrace it. And we embrace it. And they're so excited. And we're excited, too. And the players love it. You can hear after every post-game interview, uh-huh. the players are saying, yo, fans, we thank you. We couldn't do this without y'all because that energy. And they feel it. Like it's six- real. You cannot beat it. You can't beat it. We know
1: We know Mark Davis is a big supporter. Oh my
2: God. We love Mark. <laughs> That's my homie. I'll be at the table. And table, every time and you he comes by, uh-huh. and he come by, give me you a, give fist, a little bump, fist bump. We going to win tonight? And I'm like, I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm not a part of it. You know, I can't do anything. But, no, he's been a, a huge supporter. And awesome. we appreciate him and all that he's done. Even just by sitting down on mm-hmm. the baseline and buying tickets. To buying support. a lot of so tickets. We, yeah. We have a um, program where they – Bring in like a couple hundred kids.
1: It was almost two thousand you know? Was the goal or something yeah, like that? Just so ridiculous. So he's a supporter.
2: He's, he's been a supporter, and so every time I speak with him, I'm like, "Yo, if you need anything, holla." At Let me. your girl know. <laughs> I, I'm here for you because I appreciate that. And, you know, like it's fantastic. really difficult to have people that are all in, and he's definitely one of those for us.
1: Love it. So about to get to you. so um, so your platform. All right, we've talked about a little of the things. You're an entrepreneur. The speaking. Um, starting the kind of program um, for the alumni and for people. But um, let's talk to us about what you're doing. You're, you're doing a hosting of a, a Mama Me. Or, and um, just you get into it. Tell us about the platform, share it, how we can get involved, all that good stuff.
2: You know, I have long been a proponent for change. Like, I've always wanted to help people get to whatever's next for them. You're a change agent. And change agent. Absolutely. And so just making sure that I could use whatever resources I have to make sure people get what they need. And I had my daughter very late. I had my daughter at 40 years old. Okay. Okay. And motherhood changed my life. You <laughs> know, like, I'd had my nieces and You know help raise them but having my own child i was like lord jesus there's a lot that goes (laughs) with it and so one of the things that i've started to do is just like build relationships and i think one of the things that i'm about to do like i'll be hosting um in the summer is a mommy and me workshop so it's really about developing healthy relationships between mothers and daughters you know like i know how close my mother and i were right and dysfunctional at the same time, you know, like and, and a lot that's of times love. we just, oh yeah, <laughs> and it's love. what everybody looks like. But I think a lot of times we look at other people's relationships, not understanding it completely what it looks, what it's supposed to be, okay, and try and mimic that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But understanding the individuality that's necessary for both people to thrive. Like I saw my mom as mama. Mm-hmm. I didn't see her as wife, as businesswoman, as all these other things. But now that I am in a position as a wrong. mother yeah. like i have mommy guilt because i work a lot like mm-hmm. i am here with y'all now my right. daughter's at home i'm not gonna put her to bed at night right like i sometimes i feel bad about that i have to travel you to go speak, speak and those things wow. so what i try and do is let my daughter see me not just as her mother mm-hmm. but as a strong compassionate woman that is making differences as a boss so i want her to be able to embrace that So she has to see me as more than just Morgan's mom. Right. And so um, with the Mommy and Me program, you know, we'll start off with like medication and meditation and yoga, but then we'll get into our breakout sessions about the way to communicate and express yourself. Love it. And then finish up with like a self defense class. Oh, okay. So it's really about empowerment at every level. And that's holistic, right? Yeah, I it's a it. holistic yeah. approach to understanding who you are. So it's for the moms and the daughters. Okay. And for the collective unit because so, it, it makes such a difference. Your mother is your most impact, impactful influence.
1: Shout out to moms. Man. All of them. That's Mama's boy huge, over here. Man. That's big. So how, talk to us like, so is it oh, going to be session based where they kind of come to the. Talk to us about how that format. Mm-hmm. So run. it'll be a. Uh, and you said this summer,
2: like yeah. this. Okay. It'll be a four-hour workshop. So that we come in, we'll have, like I said, the yoga and the meditation. We'll have a breakdown session. We have therapists on site that will administer some of it, and then we'll do sessions where we break the mothers and the daughters apart, ranging from mm-hmm, you go mothers That's over smart. here, daughters over here, they have so to you build can be able to build your individual. And say who you are and what you are and the things that bother you and then bring you back in and allow you to communicate with your mother, like face to face. I'm a sit and I'm a mother and a daughter. So I'll be able to talk to my mom, but I'll also be able to listen to Morgan and hear what it is that impacts her or what it is. Because a lot of times think about how children are told to hush.
1: (laughs) Right. Like I was, that's the nice way.
2: Yeah. We (laughs) don't. Yeah. So, and the thing is like my daughter is seven. My mm-hmm. mother's 75, 74. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the way that I raise my daughter is different from the way that my mother raised me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And even their interaction is different. Yeah. You know, but now my mama got to respect the way I raise my right child. Right. So it's just all about understanding boundaries, creating healthy relationships, I understanding communication, and being able to empower one another. And Morgan knowing, you know, yeah, mama goes mm-hmm. and I'm gone sometimes, but mama is working. And so mama, she that respects doesn't, that. And
1: that doesn't change the love mama it has, has for you to do. that has nothing to do with anything and understanding how to uh, communicate that and, and live in that.
2: And for me too, Ooh, not to feel guilty, guilty because there were a lot of times so, like earlier mm-hmm. on when I, um, I was doing a lot of speaking. My mom has lived with me for a while and helped me raise my daughter. I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had somebody in my inbox on Facebook tell me that you travel too much. You should be at home with your daughter and blah, 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 blah. And initially, like, I cried. And I don't cry, but that hurt me because there's nothing I take more seriously than being her mother and understanding how important it is for her to grow up to be strong and independent and compassionate and all those things. So those words hurt me until I was like, yo, you don't even know me like that. So (laughs) you need to figure out. (laughs) You know, like if you see my daughter, Uh you know, my child is very strong. Mm -hmm. She's not going for it. She's letting anybody. So she doesn't miss anything. But so that mommy guilt is a huge factor Mm. for so many mothers that are trying to be great in their own sense
1: that's awesome so you got a website for that or when's that coming out so we can put that out there the it will be
2: and on my website ruchabrown.com
1: okay so we'll definitely put that in the show notes ruchabrown.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is where you can get all of that information i checked out that site you know mm-hmm. you can go ahead and hit her if you want some speaking engagements yes, and that. you can see all the 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 files and the videos of her travels <laughs> and all that stuff so make yeah, sure we'll do you, all you, that. You, you check that but we'll put that in the show notes and also you know we got your ig up there on the screen so I'll definitely follow you to kind of see what's going on. And let
2: me now, tell you one more thing. You have thing. another one. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> you got me. I got you.
1: Um, you know, so more for the youth, right? So you want to do your best life.
2: Yeah. So and talk that, about best life. one of the things that I've been doing a program for over 10 years because I mentioned how I struggled after my father died. right? And understanding who I was. Okay. And what made me special, you know, because I didn't, I didn't, understand any of those things especially growing up in the environment that i was growing up in Uh and it took me having certain experience to develop a sense of self-esteem and Mm. character to be successful and when i retired i started working with young student female athletes i was like yo you're a baller but the rest of you is a mess (laughs) so i was like okay so let's balance you out and then i would see young ladies who were students okay but they weren't taking care of the rest of their life Mm. And so then I started doing a component where I just really put everything together, and it's just really a whole another holistic approach to helping young ladies understand that, yep, that magazine cover is not real. That's yeah. that's Photoshop. Uh-huh. You can't be trying to make yourself look like that because right. she don't even look like that. <laughs> so, and character building, images. yes, car- body I- images is really important. Right. Character building, self-esteem, how to prepare for college, how to make sure you use your voice. Okay, uh-huh. you know, and it's, it's funny because I, I just spoke about the mommy and me, but all of the things that I do for these other young ladies, mm-hmm. I've practiced on my nieces and my even even my daughter. Um, Morgan is seven now, mm-hmm. but prior, I guess she was like four, four or five, I was um, organizing camps and clinics okay. for the WNBA players. So we were in D.C., and I was doing a camp for Ivory Lada. And Morgan, my four or five-year-old, right. was participating in the camp. She was like four. And there was a guy running the camps, and they, they were doing these drills. And he would go to say, how many you get? How many you get? How many you get? He'd get to her. He ain't ask her. He did that the second time. How many you get? The third time. She was like, hey, um, yeah. <laughs> you ain't ask me bruh. how many I get. I'm
1: here. Bruh. Yes.
2: And so she wasn't allowing herself to be overlooked. I love it. And yeah. that made me proud. Uh, hell yeah. Because that's sure. something I teach her. I was like, yo, if somebody is doing something, that's not right. I need you to speak up. Speak up about Don't it. Don't allow yourself to just sit in a space. So those are the qualities and traits that I try and pour into our young ladies and understand that their individuality is the thing that makes them special. Because we all have different gifts and uh-huh, talents yeah. and abilities. My comparing myself to you diminishes what I have. What do you have? Ooh. So it's just, you know, like I love that space and seeing young ladies thrive when they realize the importance of me. Of me. And that's what's really important. So no. my best life is, is, is just something that's just really important to me because it's not a comparison. Uh-huh. It's not about anybody else doing anything. It's mm. about what I'm capable of and how I can get to my best life.
1: And what's that age range? It says youth, but what are you kind of focusing on? Or? Yep. Ten and up. Ten and up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so I can go through there.
2: With, no, you're not a girl. You said up. So
1: oh. oh, it's all for girls? So Come on, man. The one that I'm it doing. Says youth. Come on. I
2: actually, so this Friday at the Heroes Gala, um, the police are having a a gala, I'm auctioning it off and we're going to do a free program for 50 girls. So being able to have them in a space where I can pour into them and they don't have to pay anything. That's so we're going to auction cool. it off, and they're going to make sure these young ladies get what they need. That's fantastic. We do table right. etiquette. We understand how to introduce yourself with the power of presence when you walk into a room, how to hold your head up, hey, shoulders hey. back. When I speak to you, eye contact, the proper handshake. Okay. Yeah. Like all these things are important. Mm-hmm. And it I is. think um, our youth are falling back because we're so like this all the all time. The time. They can't that. they can't hold a conversation. It's it's hard to it's, hold a conversation because they're used to just interacting technologically. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is about empowering them and giving them that That's presence.
1: So Miles, we're gonna we're gonna sign your daughter up?
2: How did She'll she get there
1: <laughs> three months? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you're right. We're gonna get, her there. We'll no, get but her there. what what you're saying is huge. I, you
3: know, my, my wife is she's an entrepreneur by, by, by trade. So mm-hmm. she's doing some things right now to further her career. You know, and I think she was having some of that that mom guilt that you were talking about and uh i mean that's just i didn't i'm, I'm getting kind of a little soft and all mm-hmm. uh over <laughs> here just listening but you know that's something that i know um that she's kind of going through right now and that, that's inspiration It's inspiring me and mm-hmm. i know she's listening so i know you're inspiring so good. her so what's her name kristen
2: kristen honey in order to raise a strong compassionate caring loving outspoken daughter you have to be one. Mm-hmm. And the Boom. only way that we create these young ladies coming behind us is to give them an example. Boom. And I remember my um my pastor said, you know, more lessons are caught than they are taught. Yeah. Doesn't Say that again. More lessons are caught than they are taught. It doesn't matter what I tell my daughter. She's going to do what she sees me doing. Yes. Yeah. So I just try and make sure I'm the best That's example for her, period.
1: That's awesome. All right. So getting close here, Um, we have a little section we called the assist. All right. So this is where you get to drop some dimes, drop some jewels. um, However you want to do it. You know, it could be one of your favorite quotes. It could be something you live by or something you would tell your younger self. You know, I know you post a couple quotes, whatever it takes is one of your quotes Mm -hmm. or passion that you have an acronym. Mm -hmm. But um, anything that you want to kind of drop a jewels is kind of, I mean, you've been blessing us already, but uh, go ahead and give us the assist.
2: You know, I think uh, my assist for tonight will be Everybody wants to be number one, but nobody wants to go first. Ooh: So in this situation, you see a lot of opportunities and people are talking about, oh, I want to be the best, but are you really willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to step out there and Pioneer. try it when nobody Pioneer. else <laughs> Again, Hashtag. We keep coming back to that, right?:
1: That's the thing..: Hashtag Are you Pioneer. willing Let's to go. step
2: out there and yeah. do what it takes? Because people want to jump on the bandwagon and then push forward. Mm. But if you start something... It's on you to set the pathway, you know, so I just blaze the trail. You blaze that trail. You can't be afraid. Like when there's a need for something, create it. Don't look around and say who (laughs) say, okay, okay, you, me, let's do it. Let's get it. And so I'm just really, I encourage people to, to not second guess. Right themselves when they have an opportunity because so many times we are looking and say, well, nobody else did it yet. Good. Mm-hmm. Let me get at it. Mm-hmm. And so it just really makes a difference. And it's just really important for us to put ourselves in a position to be successful. Like I said, no comparisons. None. Get it done.
1: I love it. That's big time. That's big time. Whew. Oh, this. This. <laughs> I need it. <a> to <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, yeah. Hercules. Hercules, I, mean, hey, Hercules.
3: I, I drink to
1: that. <laughs> I drink
3: to that. <laughs> right, cheers. <All> right. <laughs> I'm about to raise an offering for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we gonna pass the collection, please. A little bit.
3: <laughs> the benediction. The doors, the, <laughs> us, <laughs> the doors of the church is open. Ain't
2: nobody in here but us, though.
1: The doors of the church is open. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, I mean, there you have it. I want to thank you all. I definitely want to thank our guests. Um, definitely had it down. So R.B. officially, you know. And I got my man. MH, yeah, And I'm EJ signing off. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight and you uh, picked up some of those jewels and those nuggets. You know, please follow us on all of our platforms, all of our social. Um, we have launched the podcast officially. So we are on your favorite podcast. So iTunes, um, Spotify, Google, iHeart, all of that good stuff. But you can still find us on YouTube, IG, and Twitter. And the Facebook is coming Says our producer, Kwan. So, hey, just let you know, thank you. I really appreciate you. I love you and know that I'm rooting for you.
3: Screaming, all us blacks got his
0: sports and entertainment
3: until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 look, look. Assuming you're rootin' for everybody that's black, Smack out two racks, on handmade, do rags. Assuming you am rooting for everybody that's black, that's everybody from sports
2: to college class to rap and back, and back.